0: We here at the Dub Talk Podcast would like to remind you that this is not the film Sing a Bit of Harmony. Rather, this is a discussion of the film. If you want to watch the film, it is available for streaming on Crunchyroll, as well as on Blu-ray, DVD, and Right Stuff, or wherever you buy anime. In addition, there will be discussions regarding AI as it is prevalent throughout the film. While there may be jokes here and there, the use of AI is becoming a serious problem. We here at the Dub Talk Podcast do not condone the use of AI content in any form without consent. Please support your actors and artists. And now back to you regularly scheduled programming.
1: Warning, the Dub Talk Podcast contains language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. There will also be spoilers for various anime throughout the course of this episode. Please use caution in case we discuss a series that you haven't finished yet. Finally, the opinions expressed are those of the individual participants and may not reflect the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. Enjoy the show.
0: Hello, one and all, and welcome to Dub Talk. It's yes, S.V.I.'s right the summertime so it's time for the annual summer at the movies
1: hell yeah
0: happy 5th of July y'all
1: <laughs> yeah when we're recording this <laughs> like the week before this is supposed to come out we're recording this <laughs> because yeah, cause, cause, you know life is fucking hard <laughs> dealing with so much bullshit it's great
0: I I don't mean to date the episode it's just somebody's blasted fireworks outside my house right now
1: oh yeah. No. <laughs> We had someone blasting fireworks maybe like like 45 minutes ago. It wasn't even f- it wasn't even dark yet and I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Anyway, hi. We're here. Mm. It's the premiere of season 7. <laughs> Welcome <Yes>. in.
0: <laughs> so anyways, I started blasting you
1: uh. <laughs> so <Sir>, blessed. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. Oh, God, let's not.
0: <laughs> yeah. We
1: don't have any fireworks today for this. We don't have enough fireworks for this shit. Oh, my God. No,
0: but we do have fireworks in the movie we'll be discussing today.
1: That's not fireworks. That's a light show.
0: Yeah, they're all the same to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. As a production person. No, it's not! <laughs> I may have a degree in theater, but even I understand the difference between fireworks and a goddamn light show. Fuck!
0: Anyway... <laughs> also, what?
1: who are we? Oh, who are we? Dumbasses.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm your host for today, Jamal, and with me is my partner in crime, Steph.
1: <laughs> yes. yes. Tell me, Jamal, are you happy now?
0: Am I happy? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I guess we'll find out over the course of this episode. Because <laughs> well, we figured, because I figured, what better way to kick off some of the movies than talking about AI? Oh boy, here come the booze.
1: Oh. <sighs> Topical. Topical. Oh, Look I, at what you've done. Topical. How dare to you. Be- <laughs>
0: to be fair that was kind of an accident in pre-production. So uh, uh well
1: <laughs> let's be real. Minor behind the scenes when it comes to picking the stuff. Um we made the selection of the lineup like what would you say maybe like March or so, I think?
0: Yeah. Yeah, March.
1: <laughs> it has been at least almost 4 months since then. And of course AI and Chad GBT and all that all that stuff has kind of taken off since then. And of course, how would we fucking know that at the time? <laughs> so, welcome to the insanity.
0: But at least, you know, it's AI in a good way, because tonight we will be talking about the 20, 21 dub of the movie Sing a Bit of Harmony. Yes. Which, yes, AIs can actually sing in this movie, which is very good. it probably be the only way to do it. For lack of a better reason, I, I will explain as we go on, but, uh... Yeah,
1: if there's you, a lot to this. <laughs>
0: uh, oh, a whole lot. More than I anticipated, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. But in case you're wondering what this film's about, it's a quick synopsis for you. Because you write stuff. Sato meets fine being alone until an AI named Shion vows to make her happy. While Shion's musical numbers and princess gowns don't quite pass as human... Her antics brings out to be closer to four other classmates, but even these precious memories can be erased. So yeah, this is basically uh, it starts out like your normal high school drama, at least the Japanese high school drama, and then it kind of gets a bit eccentric.
1: Yeah, right away you have to suspend your disbelief because you're the world itself is. Where, where we are, the world itself is very highly developed in terms of, like, technological advances, um, where robots and AI help with a lot of everyday tasks in essentially this, like, rather remote, I, would, I don't want to say, like, countryside, more like maybe suburban is the closest thing I can equate it to. It's not, like, big city kind of deal. Um, where AI and robotics have kind of advanced to the point where it can help with a lot of daily tasks including like farming driving buses for fu- like public transportation and things like that so you already have to suspend your d- disbelief on that and then you have <laughs> goddamn Shion, who just bursts into song every fucking time like she's in a Broadway music hall and I will I am going to stand by that statement. You cannot fucking tell me I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> You're not.
1: Nope.
0: <laughs> you are not. So yeah, this movie's more than a handful. At certain points, it kind of feels like if an AI were in a Shinkai movie. Because it has a bit of those elements. But it's all kind of mashed together. I can know?
1: kind of see it. It's like, if you really want to go that deep, it's, 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 uh, if you want to equate this to something, if you're talking Shinkai, the closest I can think of is Suzume, because Shinkai doesn't want to do romance movies anymore.
0: Yeah, basically.
1: (laughs) And there's a romance plot that is there, but most of it is about the, is about the, uh, the AI. Anyway...
0: It's about the AI and the push between childhood friends, which that's something you rarely see in anime too. But Yeah. But I think it's enough talk about the movie for right now. Let's get onto let's get on to the whole the whole inner workings, the inner machinations of this movie, why don't we? Let's The inner machinations our, of
1: my mind.
0: Yes. Let's start off by talking about our ADR director's and script writers. Uh As an addition, because there is a lot of singing in this movie, we'll also be talking about the uh, ADR song director, the adaptation, which is actually the same person.
1: Good, because I, because I have words, but they're good words, I promise.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't make sense talking. Not talking about them in a movie called Sing a Bit of Harmony, you know? It's like getting an egg cream in New York. You Knowing egg cream is more power to you.
1: I I, ate- I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> I just didn't look just like, the fuck is this, what are you talking about? And do I actually want to know the answer? I'm I hate the answer.
0: Our ADR director is Caitlin Glass, who has also directed other shows such as Hoi Mia, Nogami Aragoto, and Show by Rock. She's assisted by Emmy Lowe, who's also assisted on other shows such as Ranking the Kings, Shadow's House, and Tactop Destiny. Our scriptwriter for this movie is Bonnie Klinkenbeard, who's also done other scripts on the Accelerate Dex franchise. Surprisingly enough, Suzume and Yuri on Ice. And our ADR director lyric adaptation was done by Brina Palencia, who has also worked on other shows such as *Sasami Magical Girls Club, the songs for Zombieland Saga, and the theme song for Show by Rock.
1: Yes, when it comes to musical adaptation, I think Brina has become the go-to over at um, Crunchyroll at this stage, which is a good thing. It's a good thing
0: yeah uh depending on the project it seems to be alternating nowadays between either brina or don depending on who's on what
1: yeah and then oh, on on some rare occasions but i think this is more maybe towards the sound cadence studio um i think amelie has touched a few as well um
0: i was just gonna say if it pertains to a sound case, project that it could also alternate between don and amelie too so
1: right yeah um but I don't think Amelie has strictly done stuff with, like, Crunchyroll per se. Just really with Soundcade and Studio as a whole, I think. Um, yeah. But, still.
0: <laughs> I I would say, though, uh, I'm going to start off with the ADR stuff. Because Caitlin, and the reason I list these shows in the particular is because she's not only good at dealing with, like fantasy scene, but also, like, some type of romance, some plot still, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't, doesn't come to a full fruition. I also put in a show by Rob because there was an argument that uh, me and Roots had a while back where uh, we were talking about, like, so, Caitlin Glass hasn't paid the isekai tax, and he thought maybe she did with a a show she couldn't just wrapped the why he ended up at the Duke's Mansion. Hmm. I still need to which Megan said that uh, she directed 100, that's close enough, but really Show by Rock was actually the first isekai she did, if you think about it.
1: Technically, Cyan did kind of get, like, spirited away into this other world.
0: Yeah. Kind
1: of. It, it, Take but, that, but, but she can go back is the key there. She can go back. Most isekai protagonists can't go back. But I can see where your argument might be.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a caveat, yeah, but hey, Isakai's Isakai. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Caitlin's is definitely good at, write, uh, the, had, <laughs> yeah, but Caitlin's definitely good at, had, like, fantasy shows. I mean, I mean, her list of credits is endless when it comes to those.
1: Mm-hmm. She has directed, I think at this point, like, a, such a vast array of genres that she can almost, I'm going to say almost do anything. I don't think I have really seen her do traditional horror and you cannot tell me Shadow's House is horror. It is it, it that like because of the setting it's more like a gothic suspense fantasy kind of thing. It's not tradition it's not horror in the traditional sense. But I think that's the one genre I don't as far as I can recall that she hasn't quite tapped into on a directing front yet. Um but no, like, also,
0: also, you're talking to me. I have not seen Shadow's House.
1: <laughs> you should! It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. I love it. Um, but, it... Yeah, Caitlyn has such a wide range of experience under her belt when it comes to directing um, both films and shows. Um... I don't think this is the first film she's directed. My brain thinks she did something else. I could be wrong though, but um, wait, maybe. Hold on. <laughs> now I'm gonna. That's gonna bother me.
0: <laughs> Damn it! Now you got me wrapped up in it too. So
1: you talk. I'll, I'll 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 see what I can find.
0: <laughs> I gotta keep the conversation going. So. Yeah, and uh with Emmy Lowe, a lot of their works has mostly been under Caitlin Glass, but
1: Okay. Okay. I knew there was something else. <laughs> I'm a fucking moron. She um she was the ADR director of course for the um free movies. Yeah. But I knew there was something else. How did I not know that. Oh, she also did Garo Divine Flame. So she's done. She has done, by the looks of it, at least a director on some movies. However, these were more franchise rather than an original movie like Seeing a Bit of Harmony is in this case.
0: Basically. Mm-hmm. And as for Emmy, though. I realize most of their works that Capola has been working under Caitlyn Glass, but lately they have come to their into their own. I I would like to see them take on more original because they have the more original projects too, like a uh, Ge- 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 Doll and uh, what else? Actually, but, that's the only one I can think of right now. But,
1: but like, Emmy has been working. I think from what I know. Um, a lot under Caitlyn and I think Sean Gann because they also yeah. helped with season two of Shadow's House when Sean took over full time directing on it. And I think Emmy helped maybe with Requiem of the Rose King. I could be wrong.
0: They they did. They yeah. did.
1: So Emmy has been kind of learning the ropes from Caitlin and Sean. Um, but no, I agree. Like I would love to see Emmy like be able to get their shot at having fun and directing something. Yeah. I would say. And, uh. Go ahead. Sorry. I would say, like. The casting, for the most part, is solid. Because. I say for the most part because I have one very, very. One role and one performance that I am so torn between. It's not even fucking funny.
0: I Um, bet I know who it is, too. uh,
1: We'll find out. Um, but casting's very solid, and for the most part, I really enjoy the performances, and especially from, with the main group of kids, right, out of the six leagues, effectively, you can say, um, most of them haven't had a large film role yet. Two of them, more uh, two of them at this point, probably have at some point down the road, um, but the remaining four have not. So, this is the and for all of them, and especially there's one in particular who I've never heard of this person before in my life. Um, to be able to have this dynamic sound and this dynamic range, I think was directed very well <laughs> using musical terms. Um, it it, it yeah. just it just melded very well with character personality and the sound and... Oh my god, I can't believe I'm gonna fucking say this. <laughs> or I haven't said this yet. It has its own blend of harmony <laughs> um, to the entire film as a whole. Which... I think is very very fun, and then you add the script from Bonnie. Yeah. Bonnie is very good. I love Bonnie is one of my favorite writers. They like they've been one of my favorite writers since the fucking podcast started out. Really, when I became a started noticing Bonnie as a writer, especially with things like Death Parade, right? Like they know how to write heartfelt. But add the drama, and then just make it this make everything seem so relatable, right? So with a script, with like what Bonnie has, um, it just it all just was like melding together into this one little piece, this one little bit of music, and I just love every second of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love. The sc- I definitely love the script too, because. It makes it feel so naturalistic mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, funny at the same time because I remember one of my favorite lines was uh, when Shion drags uh me into the uh, Judo Hall. She's like, well, "What does the prince need? What, what does the princess need? She needs to meet her prince at the ball." Mm-hmm. And she's like, and then she's like, "Well, this is a judo Hall," and she's like, "You sure?" Because everybody's dancing, and I about lost yeah. <laughs> at that point.
1: Because Shion. Again, Shion is an AI. She's learning things.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she
1: She's equating judo to dancing. I mean, why not? <laughs> right? I mean,
0: there is footwork involved. There yes.
1: is. And then a couple minutes later, you have that number with um, Shion practicing judo with fucking thunder. <laughs> that was a delight. <laughs> Just kicking oh, his ass was... all over the place. It was so good. <laughs>
0: I think that may have been one of my favorite musical numbers uh for this actress who we'll talk about later.
1: It reminds me the song itself music you musically reminds me of like these um not jazz but um oh crap like the 1920s 30s like putting on the Ritz kind of like Charleston style music if that makes sense to you.
0: Oh, um, I think I was saying like swing, big band but no. swing or big, big band. Bag, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Swing or big
1: band. That's that's the vibe from that song in of itself. The side note: the music itself is very diverse with its yeah. tone. It is not just like it doesn't just stick to one genre. It 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 can go from pop to big band or swing kind of tone in like a matter of seconds, and or and then like big. Emotional ballad, and later on, like it's the range of music that is in this is so fun and complex. And I don't know if we want to lean into like Brina now in terms of adapting it, unless you wanted to talk a bit more about the directing and writing.
0: No, we can't. I mean, we already did, but we could still because I have I also have some words about that too.
1: About the music?
0: Well, no, it's more about the adaptation because I realized. Uh, with a uh, lot like English dub singing that uh, yeah, it's kind of tricky to match the tempo and mm-hmm. the lyrics with certain flaps and sometimes you may you may get it sometimes you may miss the mark a bit there were a couple moments it felt kind of placed especially with this actress and I know she's a real good singer too mm-hmm. but it still worked cohesively as if like compared to like other dub songs which I've heard to which, uh, uh, side confession, I'm actually one of the people that like the Oran openings. So, uh,
1: like what? I
0: understand the opening to Oran. Because <laughs> I can understand like how some people can be a little put off with the tempo for music. Because I used to do piano play for a few years. So, it is kind of tricky if you don't understand all the notes and mm-hmm. all the beats correctly.
1: Yeah. It, it music, it... When people, it's a finicky thing. Right. But when people who don't, who aren't really experienced in either playing music or, um, like me, for instance, I primarily was like, I, I primarily did singing and like chorus in high school and things like that. So I at least have a general overview of music and tempo and rhythm and um, different octaves and things like that. And,. To some people, they think it's an easy thing to do to learn music and not just learn like singing or playing an instrument, but music is a lot more to it than that and I've had friends in high school who would take like music theory courses and just delve in deeper. One person I know, um, graduated from high school with me, um, he himself became a music teacher. And he teaches at the elementary school where I went to school now. Where I went to school as a kid. (laughs) And um, like music is rather complex. And I can only imagine also um, writing music and writing lyrics which that's a skill in of itself and especially adapting them too right Um, especially with these different genres that you go through over the course of what is this 90 minutes almost two hours
0: almost two hours yeah
1: it's there's at least what maybe five songs in the course of the movie I can think of Mm -hmm. at least three offhand
0: four Cause there's the
1: there's the song there's the one when Shion comes in. Oh, I can think of four. The one which the one where Shion is introduced. Five, Shion is introduced. Shion gets, (laughs) Shion first gets dragged around the school. There's the one that she sings for Aya and Gochan. There's the the judo one. There's the one with the light show. There might be at least one more. There, there's, there's quite a few songs <laughs> in this movie.
0: Six, seven. I think seven at least, because I know the end, the end credits. Mm. But there's also one where Tober badly sings. True. And then we, and then that, at that point we discover the, uh, the twist of this movie, which we'll
1: get to later. There's a lot happening with this movie.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably best if we break it down by getting into our characters.
1: Well, hold on, Do we want to talk about Brina at all, or?
0: I thought we kind of did.
1: Oh, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to at least say this. (laughs) Again, you have to suspend your disbelief with this movie. Yeah. A a lot. (laughs) Because it's not just set in a futuristic kind of realm. Realm is not the right word, but hey, here we are. Um, where AI and robotics are very, like, more far along progress than what we know of today. Add on top of that just a random breakout into song every, like, maybe 15 minutes, not even. Uh, the feel that I get from it, and I don't know if you agree, or or disagree. Um, the feel of the music and the style that it goes through reminds me of, like, Golden Age Broadway, if that makes sense. Where the s- musicality and the lyrics on it remind me of those songs that you would sing and Broadway be like, Are you happy now? Like, this kind of deal. It's It's very interesting. Cause like nobody breaks down the song for just no reason, except for Shion, and then we learn that there's actually a reason for it. Um, but the s- I, I'm
0: gonna, Oops.
1: Gonna, I'm
0: gonna agree with you on that. But I'm also gonna add there's also like a touch of Disney because,
1: mm. uh,
0: yeah. Okay. Well, what we get where we where we get to it, I'll explain why See, I say that.
1: I I get that a hundred percent. But I didn't have that feeling until we got to the last third of the movie, right? For the majority of it, I felt like this was this big golden age Broadway musical kind of deal. And I've seen my fair share of musicals. And there are ones that are very similar styled musically to what's been done here. So, kudos to Brina for um, adapting a bunch of different styles (laughs) and helping progress the story along.
0: Yeah, more power to it.
1: My my theater, Broadway, love, dorkiness, thanks you for your service, (laughs) ma'am.
0: It's times like these, I think. If I didn't learn to play piano when I was a teenager, I probably would have sucked at editing. (laughs)
1: Hey, listen. Because it, it, hey, even if you learned how to play music, it, I I think it helps. Honestly, because you understand the rhythm. You understand a rhythm and then like uh, it kind of ends up editing-wise, it kind of ends up going into like a rhythm a little bit. <laughs> and you just understand like musically like when you're editing what you want and what your what your intentions are. It, I I th- I think being being musically inclined helps with editing and shit.
0: Yeah, it kind of gives me a feel for a natural flow and progression. Yes. Speaking of progression, uh, we've been, are we ready to move on to the characters?
1: We've been talking mm-hmm. too long about the fucking staff. <laughs> <coughs> Whoops.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: how we do. That's yeah.
0: how we do here, folks. I mean, we're still going to get behind the scenes. It's just we're going to get behind the scenes of this whole AI project named Sheon.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh boy,
0: Shion. But we're we not have, there yet. <laughs> we're not there yet. We're gonna get there, don't worry. We? Uh, we have the staff of the uh, Hoshima AI group. Uh, we have uh, project supervisors. We have a uh, Mitsuko Amino, who's the project supervisor, as Satomi's mom. She <laughs> and mom. her co. Best best mom, mom ever. <laughs> she and her co-worker, Nomiyama are in charge of a project. Sheon. Uh, decided to, I guess what Thomas said, not Toma, yeah, Thomas said was, uh, the, they decided this project about the, uh, use of the WASDIA copy test, but mm. it's uh, on a graduate scale. They're trying to see if they can incorporate her slowly to the school and see if anybody notices that she's not human,
1: yep.
0: which is, which is supposed to go on for five days.
1: Discuss- oh, 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 that that fell flat on its face real quick, but they don't fucking know that.
0: <laughs> yeah, they don't know to the extent. Uh, at, least, at least Mitsuko doesn't know to the extent until the uh, third act twist. Yep. And all this because their branch manager, Sajiro, kind of pulled some strings and uh, walked wh- around the red tape, basically.
1: Oh, he wants to see Mitsuko <laughs> fail so bad. And put her in her fucking place. Because the man wants to see the woman fail.
0: Yeah. Yada yada. I don't, I don't know what the right word for this is. I mean, it doesn't... He's not an antagonist, but he damn sure is not a agonist, But he, he is an agonist. He's an agonist. He's a pain in the ass is what he is. <laughs> but.
1: If, if the film were to have an antagonist, he would be the closest thing you have.
0: Well, definitely. I feel like I mean, he would be the closest thing. Everything that happens, happens because of him and, you uh, know, uh, the He's fucking
1: jealous of Mitsuko's brains and yeah. she's going to be successful. And he's and just like, fuck you, bro. He's like, fuck you. I'm going to put you in your place. Joke's on you, bitch. That end, by the way.
0: <laughs> and, and somehow the kid suffers of a soul, which is very unfair.
1: Oh, yeah. This man does not give a flying fuck who he has to hurt along the way.
0: Yeah, all for him to get cock-blocked by Chairman Jug Jackson.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sucker! (laughs) Joke's on you, bitch!
0: Well, playing these three, Mitsuko is played by Layla Berzins. Namiyama is played by Richard L. Olsen. And Sai Joe is played by David Ward. Lila you also of heard as Sheena and Rank of the Kings, uh, Flaming Fury in The Reflection, and Finatio in Soda Online, Alice's War of Underworld. That is a mouthful.
1: It Never is. Little. It's, um. At least it's not as bad of a mouthful as, like, half the fucking isekais that come up nowadays.
0: I just call one of them cheat skill, to be honest.
1: I know. <laughs> Like, what's the best way to abbreviate this? <laughs> hey, isekai, or light novel writers who write isekai, can we stop with the long titles, please? Okay, thanks.
0: Tell that to the Japanese TV guy, the squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know, right? That is,
0: that, that is not the one time you want to get straight to the point. <laughs>
1: oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Shit.
0: Richard O. said, you've also heard this, the alien Santa and Space dandy. Gideon and White ended up with the Duke's matches, speaking of that. I I couldn't find a a lot of he has some named roles, but not a lot.
1: Not a lot of major ones, mostly like minor in or anime. background kind of deal, yeah.
0: In anime. But he does have some uh he does have some work outside of anime. Mm-hmm. Uh the most interesting one caught my eye was uh, he's Conrad Bain in the Price of Fame. What the Price of Fame is, it's basically one-hour biography stories about uh, famous people and their upbringing. The Toby oh, upbringing to yeah. so. I like the Reel's channel, and uh, he plays Conrad Bain in the episode about different strokes.
1: Ooh, okay, so like reenactment kind of deal. Yeah, like that's my t- guess. And
0: I could tell that was filmed in Texas because uh, Alex Moore is also in that episode, too. Nice!
1: <laughs> nice! I love that.
0: And, oh David Wald, and David Wald, no citation needed, but we'll give you one anyway.
1: No citation. This man has been all over the place and is fucking brilliant.
0: He's Raging in Diabodic Lovers, he's Adderick Skate the Infinity, and he's Ashlad in the Sentai of Finland Saga.
1: I like how you... <laughs> the three credits, the three sides of David. <laughs> Angsty Vampire. <laughs> flamboyant Skateboarder Businessman Asshole. And Viking. <laughs> Cunning Viking. I like the rage right there. <laughs>
0: I was trying to go for more agonistic characters, especially with Reiji, because Fair. you know what let's start with side Joe because Reiji, remember you do you remember a little nickname y'all had for him back in the day?
1: Oh fuck, what was he? Oh no oh God, it's been a hot minute. what was it?
0: The fun police
1: right right the fun police oh, he's the fun police here shit.
0: I wouldn't say he's the fun police. I would say he's the inverse of that, because remember, he's pretty much skirting around red tape to get this project commissioned, and as a result, uh...
1: But to oh. be to be fair, <laughs> Saijo also wants to knock Mitsuko down a few pegs, one, and two... He doesn't give a fuck about these teenagers and he's gonna hurt their goddamn feelings no matter what. I think he's the fun police in this scenario. (laughs) He's the fun police in this scenario. He's an asshole. Such an asshole. I hate this character. Which means I fucking loved this performance. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, this stuff's logic at work. Welcome yeah, uh, yeah. to
1: the mal- ma- The odd machinations of my mind Thank you very much Well thank you for coming to my TED talk Have a good night <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, moving on from that I wish this TED could talk uh, Richard Olsen as Nomiyama was pretty good But Nomiyama doesn't get much to do Other than just basically babysit you know? e- Either just babysit drop off.
1: Either babysit or be the weasel To, to, to Saijo
0: was he a weasel? Well, he Oh, wh- wait, 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 wait. I just remembered something because there was also a flashback scene. Oh shit, I forgot that was him.
1: Yeah, cuz Saijo like like kind of appealed to Nomiyama's sense of like, oh, you're the senior in here and yet your junior is about to like potentially be very successful. You know that, you know what I mean? He kind of appealed yeah. to a sense of pride in a sense. So Nomiyama ends up kind of being like Saijo's mole inside this whole operation.
0: Cause he's makes sense.
1: Yeah, Nomiyama's the re- is the reason why Shion got her ass pulled back and shut off. <laughs>
0: Not only that, there was something that's involved with the third act twist, which we'll get to later, but, yep. but man, even I couldn't believe that. I forgot that was him for a second.
1: Yep. But, no, I'd have to agree with you. Like, while Nomiyama does have a couple integral, like, plot points that are very important to the story, um, Richard Olson didn't get to have a lot to work with with Nomiyama as a character. Um just like begrudging senior at this company who has to like make sure things go well and has to babysit half the time like he's a, he's a little bit of a curmudgeon a <laughs> little bit of a curmudgeon um but he didn't get to have a lot to really work with i think here because um, nomiyama doesn't exactly have a lot in the story to work with um but i think it was fair i think it was fine
0: yeah, it was fine. But uh, obviously, the standout of this section is uh, Layla is meets go, which has been a hot minute since I've talked about Layla It's on this podcast.
1: I don't recall ever talking about her.
0: I know you haven't, but you did edit an episode where I did talk about her, that was The Reflection.
1: Yeah, which I, wasn't part of, was... I wasn't part of that one. I only edited it. Um, That was so long ago. Fuck.
0: <laughs> that show was so so god awful. Oh I couldn't believe boy,
1: it. I. Uh, there's a but, reason why that thing never fucking got a season two. Thank the Lord!
0: Yeah, but what's awful. funny was Lila was one of the standouts because even though she did a Russian accent, I could kind of feel that there was something in her that was worth watching, and I was right. Right. Even though she even though she had a slight bit of a career before the reflection, which. Don't ever watch the reflection, don't even get mildly curious about the reflection. Uh, spoiler alert, the, 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 main, the main bad guy is the main character's dead brother. If you can figure that out, more power to you.
1: Oh my god, it's been five fucking years since the, our episode of The Reflection came out. Fuck! It was originally recorded in November of 2017.
0: That's almost six years. Jesus oh Christ. Oh my
1: god, kill me.
0: But... <sighs> best, yeah, well, that was mom. the one. That was the one thing Mitsuko didn't want to do to Shion. So, <laughs> I, I, that I really sense. like, I really like Mitsuko, and l- Layla's take on Mitsuko because, for one thing, like you know, she she def you could definitely tell she could hold her own mm-hmm. against to workers It's math and even Mount a rescue effort to save Shion. Oh yeah. Even though she knows she's she feels she knows she's going to be judged against her peers, and
1: well, at, uh, at that point though she had nothing left to lose.
0: That is true.
1: So she was just like, you know what, I want to stick it to him a little bit. That was the attitude, especially after learning what Xion actually is, effectively, um, or how she came yeah. to be in a sense. Yeah. And. What's also really fun is with Layla and actually uh, Satomi, um, not only the dynamic that they have together, but how the two voices sound together, where I can see Satomi when she becomes an adult sounding almost exactly like Mitsuko. I can see Satomi growing up to be Mitsuko. If that makes sense, so the familial aspect is there, and I think it's really nice blending right there. Mitsuko works so hard.
0: I I also like how she could like turn a blind eye to things too, especially like with one the kids ditching school to celebrate a thunder's victory, which we'll get to later.
1: Oh yes, that was so fun.
0: But also, too, uh, and this kind of concerned me, a little, was that uh, alcoholic drinking scene, because I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be one of those moments, isn't it? But luckily, at least she was a bit more understanding, because she said, get out of here before I say something I regret, and
1: uh, yeah, it's,
0: even, though, it, even ha- though that didn't <laughs> last long in the movie, at least, you know, like, she came to a sentence very quickly, which I really liked about her.
1: Yeah, having grown up in a s- almost similar circumstance to an extent, um... Like, I was also terrified that Mitsuko was going to do something bad when she was drunk. Yeah. But, uh, again, like you said, glad she didn't. Um, And she said, get out! (laughs) Which is the correct response you should do, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) If you are drinking and you don't want to make the situation worse, just tell them to fucking get out. Whether whether it is verbal or physical, anything like that. The instant you cross that line, it is hard to be forgiven for it. Just yeah. saying.
0: Well, Mitsuko is a good character, and I, Layla puts out good performance.
1: I love Layla. Like, what did I fucking write? She's fun and mature, but again, is total mom. Oh my god, one of the funniest things with with uh, Mitzko. When they were having the party at home for Thunder. And yes, I
0: know where you're going. So
1: they had to hide Shion because they didn't expect Mitsuko to come home, right? So they hide Shion in Satomi's room. <laughs> and they decide. They're trying, like, all of a sudden there's noises coming from Satomi's room. And Mitsuko's about to go investigate. So they're trying to come up with excuses and things like that. And then Aya comes up with the excuse of... Oh, it's Satomi's boyfriend up there. Uh, He's just shy and doesn't want... He's just really shy and is nervous to meet you. So he kind of wanted to hide for a little bit. She's like, well, shy or not, I'm going to go meet him right now. She starts running for the room. And Aya's like, well, that backfired real quick.
0: Not going to lie, if this show wasn't grounded in techno-realism... I I was probably seeing more sparkles come out of her eyes during that scene. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. Mitsuko went full-on mom mode at that point. She's like, oh, I got to meet my gr- my daughter's boyfriend. Let's go. <laughs> like, it reminded me so much of my mom. <laughs> She's just, my mom is, has always been like, oh, I got to meet the boy. I got to meet the boy. <laughs> I love my mom, that's how she always is. So, it me, that moment reminded me so much of my own mom. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off, it was great. <laughs> but no, Layla has a sense of maturity. Uh, she's mature, she's dedicated, but she's also so funny. And she just goes straight mom sometimes, like the typical mom, and it's fantastic. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, yeah, she was a delight. <laughs> but <laughs> I think what's even more delightful was uh, the the kids she got to interact with because, well, for one thing, high school is, can be difficult. For one thing. Yeah. You ready to move on?
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. So we have our group of high schoolers, San, Satsumi, and Shion, which we'll get to later. Mm hmm. Uh, we have Aya, who is, for lack of a better term, a bitch-pudding in the beginning.
1: She's a uh, mean uh, girl. <laughs> Typical mean girl.
0: Until, somehow, she' book her out of her funk by I, I likely staying the obvious. Wow, that, that scene was kind of impressive because it's like, you know, you're pining for someone, but you don't realize they're not yours. It's just like... But you see that they're more than the sum of their parts. Right. It's it's the takeaway I got from that scene.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: And speaking of someone who's prob- who thinks they're less than the sum of their parts is a uh, Gochan. Uh he's just laid back at kind the of dude, always quiet. Not much to him, except he thinks he can't like he doesn't realize his full potential. Yeah. Until sh- Yon brings him and Aya together. And, uh, speaking of holding things together, there's, a uh, Thunder. <laughs>
1: oh, uh, Thunder. Mem- oh, boy.
0: Here comes the Thunder! Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the kid who, the, the ju- boy
1: who just d- can't win at any Judo match until he does.
0: <laughs> yeah, members of the Judo club has, a. Uh, has self doubts about himself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He kind of has to perform with a dummy just to, as a training practice, to kind of build his confidence. But once he gets starts out of his own head, training with Shion, he suddenly wins a judo match.
1: Yeah, the the dummy I, that's uh, Sonda you Yes, Sonda The the yeah. fucking dummy practice. Fucking practice sparring partner that he breaks all the fucking time and has to get, well, this other person. I know you're about to introduce you to come fix him all the time.
0: Well, for what? I don't know if he breaks it or if it just breaks by itself. Well, I'm going so with the assumption that.
1: that he breaks it on a constant basis because it's like every fucking day. He just has to use Toma. Help me. Yeah. I need to fix. Sunday use broke it. <laughs>
0: If a broke don't fix it, but he does get it fixed, they gets it fixed by a uh, Toba, who's a computer genius even from a young age, as uh, member of the computer club. <laughs> uh we come to find out that he's a childhood friend of Satomis. and there's a there's a complex backstory between those two, which we'll get to later. But it is very interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Toma has, also Toma this, has very big plot relevance. Yep. Very big
0: Very. relevance. So let's find out who's relevant to these characters. Aya is voiced by Alexis Tipton. Gocha is voiced by Ian Sinclair. Thunder is voiced by Carmen Casey. And Toba is voiced by Jordan Dash Cruz. Uh, Alexis Tipton, you've also heard this. Dominique Desad in the case that you fight us. Kaguya Shinomiya in Kaguya Sama Lovers War. And Rina Karyu in Real Life. Uh, Ian Sinclair. Again, no citation needed, but we'll give you one anyway. He's Dante in the Case Study of Adidas. Sukasa Shishio in Dr. Stone. And Brooke in One Piece. Carmen Casey. Uh, I tried to find as many major roles as I could because this is the first time we're talking about him. He's real in Blue Lock. Kaede Kenjo in Free. wrote to the World, The Dream. And K Matsuhashi in Shoot. Go to the future. Jordan Dash Cruz, he's also Koki Our and Gatoris. Shoma Akiyama and Hensky. And Sean and John in Shadow's House.
1: My favorite boys in that fucking show.
0: I- I'm sorry. It's just every time I see Sean and John, I can't help but read it as Sean John. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no. It's 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 a thing where, because how much, I how know, do you much, I, how much do you know about Shadow's house exactly?
0: I saw the dub talk episode. I know it's a shadow, the doll. Okay, and that once the shadow becomes a maturity, they absorb the doll. So, right now they take on kind of their personality. So,
1: so the naming concept effectively is the shadow master um, names the living doll as something similar to them. The only exception to that is uh, Kate and Milico. Um but. Yeah, hence Sean and John. (laughs) You, I swear to God, you would love Jordan as Sean and John in a fucking Shadows house. Cause Sean's personality, no, yeah, Sean. Sean's personality is smart, intellectual, rather mature for his age, um, things like that. John is just chaos incarnate and it's amazing. (laughs) John is chaos incarnate. And he does not care. It's not that he doesn't care. He just sometimes doesn't realize his stupidity half the time. It's great. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Sean and John, my favorites in that show. <laughs> uh,
0: I think we can talk more about Jordan later because yeah. we've already, already exhausted Sean and John so far. I know. Uh, Sorry. <laughs>
1: it's
0: okay. Let's start at <laughs> the other end, though, with uh, Aya. And Lexis
1: Aya is such a mean girl in the beginning. Such a mean girl. And a lot of it, mostly to Satomi, but a lot of it has to do with this whole Satomi being this tattletale and Satomi getting this reputation for being a tattletale. But a lot of people not exactly knowing or understanding why that is, including Aya, so, Aya is just a fucking mean girl bully at the beginning and doesn't give a shit. <laughs> and, uh, Alexis as a mean girl is fun. A uh, 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 mean girl, Alexis, is great. Um. Yeah. As the movie progresses, though, because. From the beginning, Aya not only has this mean girl attitude, she. But she also gets very jealous of any girl who talk to his, talks to Gochan any girl for any fucking reason because as far as we know of before the movie starts these two may or may not have been in a relationship and they had some sort of falling out but Aya is still pining away for Gochan and is hoping to get the chance to resolve whatever conflict they have and just kind of like get back together. And with Shion's help, they manage to do that because Aya manages to see the person that Gochan is and what his and through his insecurities as like as what's the line that she says that I see you. She basically tells him, I see you. And then from there, she softens up a lot more. She's still this fun, playful, okay, like, tease kind of deal. And you can see the hints of the mean girl. On a a touch, but it's backed off quite a bit. One, once she resolves her relationship with Gochan. But two, the more she's with, uh, she hangs out with Satomi. And she actually learns what is going on with Satomi and her deal. You know what I mean? So... It's a fun progression, I think, as time goes on for Alexis.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how, like, yeah, she starts off, it's meeting like the first 30, 45 minutes or so. Right. And then things come to a head when uh, <laughs> Shion uh, decides to search out for a prince. And kisses Gochan, which kinda leads to this whole blow-up.
1: Quote unquote kisses Sa- Gochan. <laughs> did he did she actually kiss him or did he like stop her from doing it? I feel like she, uh, she stopped her. She, At least the implication. No, no.
0: no she kissed him, then Ruby starts spreading, which got back to Aya, which led her to confront Satomi in yeah. the music room. And yeah. then she and then she uh <laughs> She all explains that, like, she only acts based on orders. And what she thought, Aya gave Satsumi that order. Satsumi never gave that order.
1: Right.
0: Which, basically... Because the whole thing with uh, trying to make Satsumi happy was... It all kind of leads back to Moon Princess, which we'll get further into later. Which, she thought that uh, by uh, seeking out the prince, which is Gocha, Yep. It would probably make Satsumi happy in some kind of way.
1: Yeah, there's a lot... Everything comes back to fucking Moon Prince, and you don't f- Moon Princess, and you don't even know it until you get to that third, that that twist in the third act.
0: <laughs> I think that's the most I've ever strung together a sentence like that. <laughs>
1: oh my god!
0: But yeah, once once things come to a head, she starts realizing her old feelings and realized that uh, Gorchard never really reciprocated the feelings because Gorchard tried to figure himself out, right? To which Aya realizes that she sees the whole of him, the whole pretty much his whole entire being, you know. Yeah, the basically. good the good and
1: the bad, because I think Gochan's big thing is he thinks he he kind of is very self conscious of himself because yeah. he is under the impression that everybody only sees him and how he outwardly presents himself, including Aya right? So he's under the impression that nobody understands, like, this is not who I am. Like, I'm a very different person on the inside. Um, so he tends to he will, like, keep people at a distance a good amount of the time. And then when he finally hears from Aya, like, I see you for who you are, both the good and the bad. So, it's classic love story trope.
0: Yeah, the Lexus managed to catch that trope very easily. I mean, Lexus is always very good at playing, like, bitching characters, but mm-hmm. love-struck characters at the same time, too.
1: Right. <laughs> That's
0: normally associated with a stuff That's one of the reasons I put uh, kaguya Yosaba, but it's also the same reason I put Rita, because Rita is also... It's actually kind of... The she, Rita's more like Gochan than uh, Aya, because Rita all kind of... The, sees herself as a, in a go-chat kind of way, like how she presents herself and stuff, and she doesn't realize her full potential. And I guess if you watch that show, the shi that that one will probably be cheese runes voiced by Jeannie Toronto. And uh, at that point, Rita comes to a head and starts realizing her own situation, and realizes that she was just more than some of her parts, which I think in some way... I I would think I li- I would like to think she did, but I know she probably didn't. That's how Alexis and Caitlyn might have drawn upon that for Aya. Uh,
1: Which show are we talking about here? Real Life. Okay, I've never seen Real Life, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna trust it, what you're saying.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't let Andrew hear you because he might force you to watch it. But it, it really is dude, broken, I am currently so.
1: stuck watching Hunter Hunter with this man. <laughs>
0: we are at the
1: the epitome of this no he just sat me down because oh my god so we are doing this whole watch thing similar to um, the uh, 390 something days of bleach thing that happened a couple years ago except with Hunter Hunter and that just started on July 1st so Andrew one day just sat down while I was just trying to work on something on the couch and he's like I'm gonna put on Hunter Hunter and now I'm stuck Five days in, guys, I'm fucking stuck. He is staring at me. What the fuck do you want? He came out of the living room. He's just giving me this grin. He's like, you fucking love me and you know it.
0: (laughs) I'm sexy and I know it. Wrong
1: context, but okay.
0: (laughs) Uh, Speaking of which, he's clear.
1: Okay. (laughs) I like how this is the segue. (laughs) Listen, Gigi's not here. We can't do that to her.
0: I was going to say, you're welcome, Gigi, but even I couldn't believe I said that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. These transitions, ladies and gentlemen, they're on (sighs) fire tonight.
0: (laughs) I'm trying to figure out why I go with this, because, you know, it's just basically your box. Daddy needs clear, but the character is anything but, you know, right? I, I don't know it's just going with the motions basically like he did a very good job as Gochan Yeah. it's just you know See, is it something in his wheelhouse or outside his wheelhouse is why I can't figure out
1: here is okay as you probably figured out and I think you and I are both in a similar line like thought process here I'm very deci- divisive on my thoughts on Ian's portrayal as Gochan actually
0: Oh, this was the character. Okay, it's
1: this one for me. Um, because I thought I thought this was gonna be the one for you. I guess not. Um, it's very de- de- decisive, divisive for me because here's my problem. I am used to hearing Ian Sinclair in a lot of things, and while I have occasionally heard him still doing. Like, the role of, like, a high schooler? Um. (laughs) It gets weird for me because Gochan sounds almost a little too old to me. That's what's weird. It almost sounds a little too old. Like, Ian's a little too old to play this kind of character. However, on the other hand of this, because we were already describing some of, like, Gochan's personality and some of his like self-conscious um like self-deprecation of himself the personality and the progr- and the character arc that Gochan has Ian does play it very well like he managed to go from point A to B to C and just you can see that progression very clear in the his inflection and in his tone of voice and just You can see Ian give that emotional performance in in the character of Gochan. It's just what's weird for me is that it's the tone of voice used is borderline too old for this character. That's what's weird. And it's been bothering me. And I'm like, I like I like what Ian did with the personality and like the emotional beats but I don't know how to feel about the tone of voice. And this isn't the first time that Ian has played a character like this, but I don't know why, I don't know why. It's this role in particular where the tone of voice is almost too old to me. It's very weird. Like he did phenomenal, like 100% he landed the emotional beats, but tonal wise, it, it, I don't know. I don't know what it is. That's like, it's sticking to me like that. But that's why I'm so divided with this performance. Because I really like it otherwise. And I'm just like, I love Ian Sinclair as an actor. He's phenomenal. But it's like, is it getting to the point where he's... Is it almost to the point where he's starting to get too old to play high school characters? I guess is the question here. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I understand what you're coming from. Yeah, uh... it's,
1: it's so hard to like process
0: I, that I, like <laughs> i i there is a perspective i have taken on recently uh i have not seen the show i know andrew has and uh
1: mm-hmm.
0: maybe someday you'll watch through a horamia
1: i've seen horamia
0: okay so on twitter mm-hmm. uh Jessica slice the scriptwriter for that mm-hmm. kind of made a point about like how some people, how it the voices are kind of realistic, because some people in high school can sound like that, you know, like, she's had some people that sound like that, that sometimes sound a little older than their body reflects, I mean, hell, if you listen to my voice right now, it has barely changed since high school, and I'm in my 30s, so I, if I was to act, and I was put in as a high school, I would probably by it right because everybody's expectation for high school is different you just don't want to put in somebody that sounds too old you know
1: no a hundred percent like I I know people from high school who who sound deeper than what like their their physicality like shows I don't know why it's just like it's a sticking point for me right now it's very again it's very weird for me to say that. Like, it's very weird for me to say that because I have seen Ian play other characters of a similar age range to this, and I've never really had an issue with it before. So, I don't know what it is about Gochan that it, it's not necessarily bothering me, but, like, it's a weird sticking point for some reason. I can't put my finger on the reason why. You know what I mean? I think it's
0: I think it's because a it's just going through the motions mm-hmm. and B I think it's the more he talks is what is the more you're accustomed to it because like you said like when we get to the the whole thing between him and I is where it really shines yes but at the beginning he doesn't talk as much that might be it also I like the fact I brought up poor me as a point of comparison that's also okay glass up
1: hurry <laughs> I'm so excited for the missing pieces by the way I'm so excited for that. It, it just started airing in Japan today, or is it tomorrow? Something this week, I think, right?
0: Yeah, somewhere around there.
1: Yeah. But, um... No, it's... it's I don't know what to think about Ian as Gochan. Because he's a phenomenal actor, and he does hit the emotional beats, but I my brain somehow is like, I, is he too old to play high schoolers now? Like, I... My brain goes in weird places, and I think it's just... Compared to, I think, the rest of the dynamic, it sounds weird to me, but at the same time, again, it's that balancing act, and like you said, there are some high schoolers that sound deeper than what they're, they physically look like. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, and I don't know why I keep thinking that way. But this, but but Ian is probably the most divisive role to me in the whole film. Weirdly enough, so.
0: And that, and that point, point, on that point, some good uh, Thunder.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This bitch. (laughs) This bastard. Oh my god. This is this is this is the first time we're talking about um in Casey. <laughs> oh my god. Thunder is such a goober. Yeah. I love him so much. Sundanu, no. <laughs> uh, Toma, help me. Sundanu's broke. Can I have a judo a big judo match in like two days? <laughs> He's. <laughs> it's it's kind of. It's not stereotypical jock, but it's like... What would be the stereotype here? The most friendly, like, dorky jock you would ever meet, I think. It's the closest stereotype I can think of to this. He's so much fun. I love it.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> he's love it too. so much
1: fun. <laughs> yeah. And he gets... He's such a softy too. He's such a softie. Like he got so emotional when he finally won his his like his, his like his actual first win. He's so emotional. It's so cute. They literally gave him a crown at his own party. Yeah. It was so cute. <laughs> and then, oh my god. We're about to go into some weird like odd legality issue. Well, maybe legality issues. I don't fucking know. He falls in love with Xion. Yeah, and he wants to take her out on a date. To which Sheon th- doesn't understand the concept of dating.
0: <laughs> she thinks they're going outside.
1: Yeah. It's like if I do this, Sheon, will you go out with me? She's like, sure. He's like, Rah! he gets the motivation to knock down some fuckers.
0: Yeah, so
1: also does not understand. It's so cute though.
0: <laughs> I, think, I think hopeless romantic and goofball might sum him up very
1: well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's I love him so much. He he doesn't have in terms of like some of the plot elements. He doesn't have as much really compared to. Uh, Alexis, Ian, and even uh, Toma, Shion, and Satomi—like <laughs> he's kind of there a good portion of the time and helps with some of the comedic bits. But god damn it, is he a delight! <laughs> oh my god, when fucking the second day when Shion is in school and she decides that the way to make satomi happy is to make her into a damsel in distress and she uses sandaru to try and attack satomi <laughs> in the hallway oh, at school God. so and so i don't think this was this was mentioned so aya gochan thunder and toma along with satomi find out very early on on the first day that shion is an ai right <laughs> so they all have to try and keep it a secret because Satomi asks because she doesn't want her mom's project to fail so <laughs> the way they try and get around the fact that Sundaru is going a little bit rogue and trying to like pretend to be the bad guy and make Satomi the damsel on the stress is turning this into an exhibition match in the hallway <laughs> at the school <laughs> where Thunder just gets to fight Sundaru. <laughs>
0: From and, the my, and Mike, my tried to stop it with a shutdown that <laughs> happened.
1: And she accidentally also gets Sheon in the middle of it. And then Toma just gets whacked by her fucking processing drive. And, the then, and,
0: then, and then Gold Charger just walks Thunder off. He's like, dude, that was kind of pathetic. He's like, I know I'm used to it.
1: <laughs> oh, Thunder. Precious bean precious, precious being Too good for this fucking earth. Oh my god. Yeah. And, and Common
0: Casey did a very good job mm-hmm. playing this character, which I gotta find it funny, his name's Common Casey. I keep thinking of Common Rider for some reason.
1: Oh my god.
0: <laughs> which in hindsight that would kind of make sense with Thunder being the judo bat Or being in the judo club.
1: At least the, it's not the other way around and it's not Casey Common. Because then I would go Casey Kasem. <laughs> Get my ass mixed up.
0: Oh, God.
1: <laughs> my ass would be mixed up, too. I'm like, no!
0: <laughs> but uh, I'd have to hear shaggy jokes, though.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> zoink, scoop <laughs> It's the best shaggy impression you're going to get from me today. <laughs> if well, not zoink, ever. Scoob. Zoink, scoop Z- Like, zoink, Scoob! Oh, my God. I'm going to destroy my throat right now. That's not good.
0: Yeah, don't do that.
1: Don't do that. I have to go to work tomorrow. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. He's fun.
0: Yeah. Speaking of workers, uh, Toma. Toma Uh. Toma's very... It's amazing how smart he is, how enthusiastic Mm -hmm. he is. He's played by Jordan Dash (laughs) Cruz. I love
1: Toma. Toma's so sweet.
0: Yeah. As. and it's funny because one of the one of the, the things that happens is, uh, well, part of that third act twist, uh, we see, uh, because this young me and young Toma show up too, and they're played by the respective actors, mm-hmm. which I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, we, we, oh, okay, I can reveal part of the twist. Uh, so when they were younger, uh, Toma modified this Tamagotchi mm-hmm. that, uh, that, so- that Mitsuko gave her daughter Satsumi. Yep. It was supposed to be a natural language processor that it, it kind of became something else entirely. What that something else is, we'll get to in the next section. <laughs> <All right. laughs> twist. If you can see where this is going, more power to you. But I thought Jordan did uh, very well as this character. Uh, <laughs> his, his, his bad singing, I guess, is... Had a heartfelt confession for Satomi. Oh my
1: god! It was, it was so it, it's so endearing. So the big like penultimate number essentially is is Shion's attempt to help Toma um like get his feelings across to Satomi because we learned that Toma really really likes Satomi. But they haven't been really close to each other in such a long time, since they were kids, after the Tomagachi incident. And, like, Aya, Gochan, Thunder, and Toma actually get to have a little bit of singing during that, during that song. And then, there's like a reprise version of it, when Toma is comforting Satomi, like, hours later and it's just sounds so out of tune and out of pitch but i know it's done on purpose because i know jordan can sing a little bit shadows house boys and girls um <laughs> so it's it's <laughs> fucking toma toma is such a sweet and endearing character and he's such a he's such a nerd and he has this like he he also has this unrequited love and it's kind of really sweet because in there in his club room with like the computer club or whatever whatever the hell the name is he um he has he his computer systems has access to all of like the cameras and the ai that are on the school grounds so he likes to just like take a gander and just watch people, watch the students not be creeper at all, you know? And, um... <laughs> every time he s- he sees Satomi, he stops and just will, like, watch her for a few minutes. And it's... <laughs> some people call that creepy. I call that kind of endearing. <laughs> weirdly enough. Um, depends on
0: who you ask.
1: Depends on who you ask. But considering... Toma's personality and, and who he is—I think it's very sweet. Um, I, I, I loved Jordan. I'll, I really love Jordan as Toma. I think he ended up being one of my favorite performances in the in the film, um, because of such uh, uh, just the f- sweet, like very smart. He's very enthusiastic when it comes to. He's very that enthusiastic when it comes to Sheon and just learning about her and figuring things, like, her out and, like, the processing and things like that because it it's not really stated, but I get the impression that he is very interested in AI technology and robotics, that he wants to go into development, like, probably... They make a point in the film saying that a lot of, um a lot of parents of these kids work for, um... the hell is the name of that place again?
0: Hoshima AI?
1: Thank you. That a lot of the parents work for Hoshima AI. Um, which probably goes as far to say maybe Toma's family does too. And he just wants to, like, be able to be a part of that, which is very interesting. Um, he's a very smart kid. Very smart cookie. And he's... The way that Jordan sounds is kind of unassuming and kind of like, he can be the wallflower at times, which considering Mm -hmm. Toma as a character, it makes sense. But he is very enthusiastic and passionate about his interests and... He 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 tends he he ends up blossoming and becoming more sociable, especially in that main group of kids, because of their shared experience with Shion. So it, it's it's very it's such a f- sweet and fun performance, and I really really loved it a lot. Toma's my favorite. Toma, my favorite.
0: Yeah, Toma's pretty good. George is definitely good this fall. Like he knows how he knows how to take our role like this yeah he is very unassuming yeah. he's supposed to be a nerd like that definitely has uh, unrequited feelings for Satomi. oh boy which, yes he. yeah but he did but he did very good overall I think he covered a lot of, of what I had to say oh the uh, speaker speaking of equipment and uh, love and passionate uh congratulations on your engagement Mr. Cruz I know you're watching this episode oh Yeah.
1: Congratulations, man! I didn't know. God damn! I don't go on Twitter much anymore, cause it shits itself half the time. Shits itself half the time, and also I have I, I work. I do Twitter like...
0: needs a toma. Huh? Twitter needs a toma, then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it needs more than a fucking toma. God damn!
0: It needs a corporate takeover, but uh, you ain't hear that from me.
1: Just so long as Sidra's not taking it over it would not be okay mm-hmm. weirdly enough Saige would make Twitter at least moderately better compared to how it's being run now weirdly enough and that says a lot
0: that is true but anyway Jordan was very good this fall got himself a nice paycheck out of it now please stop drinking them so sodas man
1: <laughs> I missed a lot apparently what the fuck
0: yeah, he did a thing on Twitter for a short time called Dashie's Delights where he likes to drink souvenir sodas. I think he drank the ranch dressing soda recently.
1: Uh, oh god, that. that's gonna make me vomit. Oh no.
0: And then there was a, another soda he drank before that, I forget what flavor it was, but it was disgusting, truly disgusting. Oh I just wanna god. stop him before he gets to the bacon one. Cause that I heard that one's really not
1: good. Oh god, you already you only got me at ranch. No. Why would you torment yourself like this, sir? God damn! Holy shit! <laughs> I mean, more power to you, but why? <laughs> Fuck!
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're good with these group of characters. Y'all did a very good job, each in their own way.
1: Yay!
0: But I think now it's time to get to the main event.
1: Cool boy. Tell me, Satumi, are you happy now? Satumi, okay. you okay? Are you
0: okay? Satomi, are I'm you okay?
1: I was supposed to spit you? my water out. God damn. <laughs> God damn you. God damn you.
0: Oh I can't wait to edit this. <laughs> yeah, so so we have our leading characters. One likes to say, the other is kinda harmonious at times. Uh, we have Satomi Yamado and Shion Ashimori. Uh, let's start with Shion. Shion is an AI robot. Uh, she has an, she has this thing. She has this obsession with Satomi for some reason. Remember the last action I told you about that little Tamagotchi Toba we programmed for her.
1: Oh boy, here we it tur- go.
0: It turns out it, ha- it was an... It was an AI that eventually became Shion, with the uh, obsessively watch her over the years and tried to keep her at peace even through her worst moments.
1: And then like, when when Shion was being developed and put together, uh, she decided, "I can have a body. I can talk to Satomi again." And she kind of hijacks. She kind of hijacks Shion's body, essentially. Okay. Shion was created created effectively because the AI. Sat- the AI
0: was created. Yeah re- AI, uh, AI was created because Toba decided to reprogram her just to just to I guess keep her company, basically. Yes, and, because
1: uh, Satomi wanted the Tamagotchi to actually talk to her. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And then and Mom's just like the fuck. She takes the Tamagotchi away and quote unquote yeah, tex- fixes it.
0: That that is that section She she wants to fix it, but then uh uh Nobiyama eventually deletes the program, and the program is somehow matches to get up gets uploaded to the internet, which
1: yes, sp- that's where the AI lives the for network. several years.
0: For several mm-hmm. years, keep it watch outside to me. You thought Toba was excessively creepy <laughs> at that point. <laughs> she
1: takes it to a new level. Me- well, okay, not she on yet. The AI takes it to a, no- a whole nother level. Also, also, yeah. we talked about Moon Princess briefly. When the AI was part of the Tamagotchi, the AI got to watch Moon Princess with Satomi. And that kind of helps instill... Effectively instill what makes Satomi happy into the AI's, like, core, essentially. So music, princesses, damsels in distress dashing princes, everything makes sense, and it all comes back to fucking moon princes.
0: Yep.
1: So then while
0: Xian was being developed, she uploaded herself into the body.
1: Yes. (laughs) And this is where the real Xian comes into play. Because Mitsuko had no fucking clue about any of this. Mm-mm. And she we, was labeled as a failure once she was discovered. But then it's like, shit, this is what happened.
0: And then we we fight we kind of find out all this because she uh, uploads her Memories to Lord Landis' hard drive. <laughs> and uh it gets it gets downloaded onto uh Toba's hard drive, the one that looks like a trash can.
1: Yep, the running one of the running gags, not really a gag. But it's not necessarily a blink and you miss it moment. Everybody tries to throw their trash into the quote unquote trash can that is actually a processor. <laughs> so much so that the guys oh. at that company are when they when Xion was taken back, they tried to get every piece of like technology that Xi'an could have like been involved with out of there, yeah. and they took the actual trash can instead of the processor because it looks like a fucking trash can.
0: I'm not gonna lie, side tangent, that reminds me of a bit I once saw in Arthur, Mm
1: -hmm. where
0: Arthur was backstage with a bed and he throws his banana to a trash can, and it turns out the bed was holographic and the processor was corrupted because Arthur thought the processor was a trash can.
1: (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) <laughs> oh, boy! I
0: meant to be a kid back then. Oh
1: man, <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, basically, her old, whole, the whole of Shion's existence is living for Satomi, mm-hmm. who's a I guess a very book smart student. Uh, Other student is uh technical high school. It has the nickname of uh, Princess Tattletale because yes. Once Upon a Time. Because once upon a time, she reported a, a few kids that were on the soccer team for smoking in the club room. I, out of the associated to protect her friend Toma for spe- the club room's sake. About to
1: say, specifically it was the club room for Toma's um, computer club. That's why and she as, did it.
0: And as a result, the entire soccer team got suspended and the whole school kind of side-eyed her as a result.
1: Yep. Without understanding anything. Again, this goes back to Aya not understanding the reason why she's actually referred to as Princess Tattletale And what she actually did to earn- to unfortunately earn that moniker. So.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's unfortunate, but that's- high, that's high school for you, you know. People, Fucking teenagers. You do wood rock- you do thing, people look at you for differently for life.
1: Fucking teenagers, man.
0: But well, over the course, you know, her cold heart starts to grow warmer mm-hmm. towards this new fat group. This new fat group of people, especially with Toma.
1: Yeah, she reconnects and, with Telma throughout this whole course of us.
0: To the point at the end of the episode, uh, she calls her, and uh, she calls her, and she's like, "What did I give you too enough of a push?" Yes, that was so funny. So okay.
1: <laughs> So how everything gets resolved because the fucking company is trying to shut Shion down permanently. They decide, let's release Shion's AI back into the stratosphere and into the internet so she can actually live on. She they <laughs>
0: uploaded to her, her to a satellite to be off in yeah, space at the yep. end.
1: And so when <laughs> when the other five kids are hanging out on the rooftop at school the next day or a couple days later and then Satomi and Toma have a minute to just be alone and talk to each other, and then they are, act like shy and awkward teens as they do. Fucking Satsumi gets a call from Shion. <laughs> She's like, "What?" <laughs> and and it's it's the it's the funniest shit because you as like they're looking up the 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 camera would like pan all the way up to the fucking satellite that Shion is now living in and watching over them. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> She on wood
0: With with the exception of that phone call Most of that third act Especially with the light show That's why I said the touch of Disney comes in Because you got your usual shenanigans (laughs) At the beginning of most Disney movies You got your song and dance Then you got your (laughs) resolve Which uh, Full confession When I was a kid I used to not only sing along to like Aladdin, Pinocchio, stuff, but I would memorize. My mom would tell me I would memorize word for word every one of those lines, those movies.
1: That's adorable. Oh my god, that's so cute. Yeah,
0: so that's when the touch of Disney came in. So it's like I could, like feel that almost. I can like almost regress back to my childhood dealing yeah. with those kinds of moments too.
1: Yeah. But you
0: know who else had to deal with those kinds of moments? These two. Fucking yeah, Sheon, especially! Yes, yeah, Shion. Uh, she is voiced by Megan Shipman. And Satomi is voiced by Risa May. Risa May, you've also heard as Sajina Inui or Juju in My Dress Up Darling. Futuma Igarashi in My Senpai Is Annoying. And Robin Shirley in Shadow's House. Megan Shipman, you've also heard as Maple in both of me. May Mego and Riko Takitsubo in the Raildex franchise. Rose, and how not to summon the Demon Lord Omega and how about Kunikida and Love Life Sunshine. There is a very reason, good reason I bring up these roles, but let's get right into the discussion.
1: Oh man. Where do we even so, start?
0: I'd say we save Shion for last.
1: Sheon does have quite a bit. Sotomi does too, but like Sheon has fucking songs. Layers. <laughs> She's an onion. <laughs> She's an old gar- I'm not going to onion
0: as layers. (laughs) It does make you cry, too, though. Oh,
1: (laughs) fucking hell. I cried like a sap. I never saw the... Side note, I've never seen the film until getting ready to record this. By the way, ladies and gentlemen. And I turned into a goddamn sap. Risa May! (laughs) Yeah. I'll
0: say this about Risa May because... I've been following what roles I've heard of her so far,
1: yeah
0: her ranges are natural because well, if you heard what if you've heard about recent May and our dress Up Darling episode, you'll understand why, but it's why this is why I was saying earlier that the voice of a person is not always proportional to the person, and the fact that she can do not only like. An Indonesian woman, Kakashi Goto, but can also sound like Laura Woodhole in uh, my dress up Darling, you know, a tiny little squeaky kind of voice. But sound to me, I have not heard her this range yet, and I was surprised that was her. Matter of fact, I kept getting her <laughs> confused with Megan Shipman. The first time I watched this movie, I was like, "Wait, that's not Megan Shipman." And I was like, "Oh, she's the robot." So you you understand my confusion a little bit But I did like how she portrays her to me With this kind of stoic kind of uh, Well not jovial She was stoic and she's kind of like you know Also kind of a private person But not only that we also know But she can also sing too Because I think one of the things is She's also a singer I can't remember I'd have to look it up, but she is impressive. I know that.
1: the 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 fun thing with Satomi too is, you say she's a private person, but
0: okay, okay, private may not be the word I'm looking for. Well, he, I... he,
1: here, here's what I was about to say though. She's kind of a private person and keeps to herself because she kind of is forced to. Um, after yes. the whole incident with the whole Princess Tattletale thing, resulting from it. She starts getting bullied like a lot, and it yeah. becomes very evident when we go through Shion's um, memory core um, in the third act, where we learn about the Tomogachi, and she you start seeing like the classic bullying that you see in Japan, like messing up the desk, like ignoring her, like talking behind her back, things like that, and she because of that stuff to me she ends up putting a guard up she doesn't care what people think of them but at the same time you can tell that she wants to she wants to be able to have friends like she she wants to be able to open up to people but with how things are for her not only with her school life but at her with her home life too because she effectively like manages their house, as yeah, well. Yeah, basically. Because uh, Mitsuko works long hours, late nights, just for this project, and Satomi effectively steps up as the main, as like the head of the of the head of the household, taking care of like the bills and the groceries and the budgeting and everything. All because she wants to make life a little bit easier for her mom so she doesn't have to stress out and because she sees how dedicated her mom is you know she wants to see her her like projects come to fruition so i think a lot of satomi's like private like guard guardedness that she has is mostly inherited because of The bullying that she went through and her not being able to trust people to open up to her- to them. Um, so... I, I can see kind of what you were what you what you meant there, with, like kind of being more private, but I see like kind of being closed off to everybody else. Yeah,
0: closed off. I think was what I was looking for. Yeah, that, that's
1: probably the better word for it. Closed off is probably the better word for this.
0: Because because of all the trauma she has to deal with at school, you know, mm-hmm. people side eyeing her, bullying her, that kind yeah. of thing. Not only that, but her upbringing too. If you go through Shi'a's flashback,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we see uh, a couple of moments like. One, her Tamagotchi gets taken away from her. Right. And then, uh, yeah, I guess was old. But also, too, there was a moment where you see she sees her, her mother, and I think what it looks like to be her father. Yeah. Her father's getting on the train, about, the train about to At the train leave.
1: station, yep.
0: Yeah. And Satomi's
1: trying to get him to stay. Yeah. There's a lot happening there for um, Satomi. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that kind of thing can really mess up a kid. I
1: mean... Speaking from experience. Uh... (laughs) Um... But... No, yeah. She's very... She's very closed off. And, like, the whole thing with the Princess Tata thing... It's... Because I think she... At that point in her life... She viewed Toma as similar to her mom... Where he's very passionate about his interests and his projects, and she wants to see him succeed as well, right? So it goes. So with the amount by this point, she will defend. She has defended her mom from like Kingdom Come, like for the majority of this film, defending his mom, her mom, and like wanting to ensure that this project with on, like goes flawlessly. And then you see a similar situation when we get to the kids from the soccer team getting busted by Satomi for smoking in that in the in Toma's club room, where she's like, what the- she's like, what are you doing? You know you can't do that. Get out of this room. And she is like, this is not okay. You're hurting a person that I care about by doing this. So- it gets. It's one of those things where, like, you can see that Satomi cares about these people in her lives. That she's willing to put herself out there and "quote unquote" be the bad guy when she really isn't, and just just for the sake of other people. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, at least bad just to capture that tone perfectly because mm-hmm. you know. For someone as, uh, that can be, like, as frantic and closed off as Satsumi at times, it is kind of endearing and kind of heartwarming once you get into things with her... Once you get into her, her background, what she's really all about, so...
1: Yeah, and then the more she... The more she gets to spend time not only reconnecting with Toma, but... um getting to know more about Aya, Gochan, and even Thunder, um, she's able to kind of start opening up a bit more. So much so that during Thunder's party, she tells Aya the re- the actual reason why she's known as Princess Tattletail. And Aya didn't know about the whole clubroom incident. Like, she only knew what she had heard in passing.
0: Yeah, right. those kinds of things only forced her to mature even further, because, mm-hmm. you know, she... She wanted to show; she had to show to the bird that she wanted her other friends to deal with. So, right. And Risa matches to handle all of that beautifully.
1: No, yeah, Satomi's Satomi has a lot of a lot of layers to her. Again, ogre, onion, weepy, cry, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, Risa has a lot of a lot of layers, and it causes. That closed off nature that she has for a really good portion of the film. Um, but she does, thankfully, uh, mostly because of Xion. Uh, she ends up finding happiness in her own way. So. Yeah.
0: Now let's get to Shion, though. Oh my god.
1: Shion is a. What's the fucking saying? Conundrum wrapped in an enigma? That's not the saying. It's, um... Fucking hell.
0: I'll look it up later. It's whatever, now, she's
1: some... She's some whacked out thing. Holy shit.
0: Now, I could have just listed something simply like, are oh, you from Spy Family? That kind of thing. But the reason I listed those roles is because, number one, for as long as I've seen Megan Shipman... Uh, these types of anime, she's always played like some type of doe-eyed character. Mm-hmm. Maple, for example. <laughs> I mean, look at uh, God! Look at she desire. She got her eyes are wide open. Her mouth is big. She got the. She's got this very happy expression on her face. It's like, oh, that that could either that could either delight or nerve anybody just by looking at her. Number two, she's. She. This is not the first time she's played like. Either emotionless characters or characters with one type of emotion. But also number three, she has played some robots too, so I feel this was like a perfect fit for Megan Shipman.
1: Wait, remind me, what other robot characters has Megan played?
0: Uh well she's played Well I know you haven't seen Demon Lord, so I have not. Okay. There's Demon Lord, there's uh Death March, there's uh No, I
1: haven't watched that.
0: Yeah, that was, yeah, that was was a complicated thing.
1: She's I've seen
0: her play either robots or characters. What type of motion that can do? You know, can like speak kind of statically, that kind of thing. See, but I-, I know she, I know you were two different spectrums, but I that's kind of my familiarity with Mega Ship is in these types of roles. So when I see her as a robot AI that can sing. That's also why I put "Love Life Sunshine" on. Here.
1: Oh no, we all know Megan can sing. We know she can sing, boys and girls. Uh, <laughs> and what? It's so good.
0: <laughs> it's funny how her voice has kind of a self-preservation too. Because I, can I met Megan Shipman back in the January the Otaku Fest, and uh, <laughs> it's interesting because when I approached her table, she had this headset on and her mic. Cooked up to a speaker, I guess that's kind of a preservation technique so that you know, just to get oh, she doesn't overly excite her voice, kind of like she did what she ought, she did what she ought at times. So
1: smart, because she ought,
0: yeah, her and Natalie Van Sisti, to which <laughs> at one point. When I when I, um, when I was about to approach her for an autograph, there was a little audio cosplayer that gave her Aww. eight stellar stars, and, and then she turned to Daddy. and she's like, look, Mama, I got all eight stellar stars. Cute. And Natalie's like, I'm very proud of you. Cute.
1: So. I think, because we met Kellen Goff last year at a, at a convention, I think he had something similar. <laughs> Um, Setup where he had like this little headset mic and a speaker going. Mostly because, like, if y'all have ever been to conventions, and especially nowadays where a lot of voice actor guests have these tables for like prints and stuff, nine times out of ten, these are usually found in like a dealer's hall or an artist's alley kind of thing where there's a lot of people and a lot of fucking noise. And you're at a convention where you could scream your head off and blow out your voice at any goddamn second. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> yeah, I'm jealous y'all got to be kicked off. I almost met one year, but then I had to leave Otaku Fest because I had. Because my dumbass decided to go there before work, and I got there about a half hour late. So, uh,
1: He's very nice. He's very, very nice. We talked to him, Andrew mostly talked to him about um, Sasaki and Miyano, and he was so excited about it. I hadn't watched Sasaki and Miy- Miyano yet at that time, but um. He was so excited about Sasaki, you know, when Andrew started talking to him about it. And then I started talking to him about um, the Night is Short walk-on girl. And he was like, oh my god, that's amazing. He signed, um, I have the novel version of Night is Short and he signed inside the cover of it. So, um. That's what's up. Yeah, but anyway, back to Megan. Um, no. Megan reminds me of these... How, how I equate Megan's voice in this, she reminds me of, like, so many of these, like, upbeat, not necessarily peppy girls, um, but these kind of upbeat, um, like, happy-go-lucky kinds of girls, that's yeah. like, ha, 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 yeah, ha, 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 like, not ditzy, not ditzy, yeah. but, like, these happy-go-lucky, carefree kinds of girls like, fucking, it's funny that you brought up Maple from goddamn Bofuri, because tonally, this is what I almost equate it to, like, note for note, tone-wise, is to Maple yeah. from Beaufry. Um Except she, except Maple, Maple sometimes doesn't know her own strength, compared to Shion, who just is oblivious to everything, because she doesn't know anything at the same time. So that angle, because she's an AI, it gets played up quite a bit, and it's so it's such a fun delight. And I'm also I also got to say, going to the music and the songs, she was able to tackle each of these vastly different genres of music that we were talking about earlier. She's able to tackle them very very well. Um, and with a smile on her face like Xion would. Um, my favorite song still is the judo one, though. Yeah. That one's my favorite because you have the, like, big band swing kind of tone to it. And that one, if I'm remembering right, might have had some of the more difficult moments for her to sing. Cause there are a couple points where the lyric she had to like kind of speed up her, speed up her singing in order to one match the lip flaps, but two match the rhythm of the song compared to some of the other songs and in, in, the, in the film. So, like, cause there was that one lyric about like um, where, where it ended up him ended up something about like on the floor again or something like that. I think you might know what I'm talking about. Where she like throws. Um, fucking uh, tiger wow where did tiger come from thunder like the second time during that song yeah and she kind of had to like speed up her words um to to like match the lip flaps and the rhythm of the song um because that's that sometimes isn't and to make that clear and concise that's sometimes not an easy feat to do um so from a technical from a technical standpoint when it comes to the music like Megan was on that shit <laughs> like oh yeah like Shion is sweet and adorable and doesn't know shit because she's an AI <laughs> Do you know what going out means Shion? Oh, we're just going outside, right? No. <laughs> Shion no. <laughs> That's not how this works. Megan is adorable. And then, (sighs) Megan made me cry during the whole, when Satomi and Toma review all of her memory banks that were still in the processor that was in the club room. And you just see, like, over time, after the AI Tamagotchi ends up, like, escaping to the internet, basically, where the AI just continues to watch over Satomi and is like, me I'm right here. Why are you crying? Are you not happy? And to just see that continuously like devolve over like years. And just to hear that tone of voice from Megan, just be like, are you happy Satsumi? Like, why are you crying? Like, how can I help you? me I'm right here. Remember? And then she tries to start singing to Satomi even though Satomi can't hear her. Like, I was just like I never felt for a goddamn AI before, but holy shit! Like it made me cry. I was like, oh no! (laughs) I was like, poor Sheon. He was so sweet,
0: though. I think I remember the first time I watched this. I started quite a little too.
1: Yeah, I was like, no.
0: I I I remember thinking that when I was uh, trying to f- figure out this performance, I like how they played around with the filters a bit, not just on the uh, sheyard but on Toma and Satomi as well, because like like yeah, you said, because like, of
1: the memory banks. Yeah, you're right.
0: To which that twist threw me for a loop because I thought they were just uploaded like the memories for like the last couple of days or so from the what's yeah. up uh, that was a big twist like I thought geez. that
1: I thought that too. And then we get to the video of like little Satomi and Toma. I'm like, "Wait, the fuck?" And then you realize it was the Tamagotchi and we're like, "Oh my god." It's to which
0: yeah, to which I like this that, these types of movies like I right, 'cause cuz nowadays like when you, people try to watch a movie, and they try to figure out a twist or something, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I figured it out like, the first five minutes or so. And then this was, like, no, you never see it coming. Like, even even with like, there were, like, subtle clues around right your face, like, the whole Tamagotchi thing, you don't think about that <laughs> to the very end. No. It's like...
1: Like, I can imagine, like, if I were to watch it again, like, right now, like, I'd be able to pick up on some of those pieces a lot sooner. Because they talked about everything with the Tamagotchi at least a couple times. They talked about... Even the goddamn Moon Princess thing has been there since the fucking beginning. Because Satomi has a goddamn Moon Princess alarm clock.
0: Which goes off, randomly.
1: (laughs) Yes. Like, bits of what became Shion is sprinkled throughout the movie, and you would think that they would be throwaway lines. There's no such thing as a goddamn throwaway line or backstory bit. Like, at all. So, you would have to pay attention to what goes on throughout the course of the movie. It's it's so... I imagine... I, I 100% imagine if I were to watch the movie again, I would be able to see some of those... pick up on some of those moments again. It's it's very interesting. But no, I didn't expect that goddamn twist. I'm like, the, it's like, she owns the Tamagotchi? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> also, if you now hear any extra noise in the background, my cat is on his cat tree, and he's gonna go crackhead and make it everybody else's problem. <laughs>
0: I'm just constantly hearing the water fountain in the background, so... <laughs>
1: It's very soothing, isn't it? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) What do you want, Ash? You look like you're going to go crazy. What are you doing, bud? Are we going to go crackhead? He looks like he's going to go crackhead. (coughs) Apologies if he goes crackhead. Anyway.
0: (laughs) Well, at least now we know that things aren't always as cracked up to be
1: yeah yeah. (laughs) Ah. you right but anyway I love Megan Shion precious sweet summer child Shion (laughs) who doesn't know Uh. what going out actually means
0: no but we do I guess it's time for us to go out with the bag so let's get to the final thoughts don't we
1: would you like me to go first yeah okay so i said this not too long ago i had not seen this movie until prepping for uh for 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 summer the movies this year um it is there's a lot going on with it you again like i've said a couple times you have to suspend your disbelief For a couple different things. Um, if it is your first time watching the movie, um, you really have to suspend your disbelief. Right? Because AI and robotics and random singing throughout the course of it. What the fuck is happening? Again, it reminds me of, like, Golden Age Broadway musical kind of deal. Though I do get where the Disney angle comes from as well. (laughs) It can be similar in that regard. But... The more you watch the movie, and I think on rewatches you'll be able to pick up even more from it, uh, but the more you watch the movie, you can see how sweet, endearing, emotional it can get. And with that, you you need to have a cast and staffing that would really work for that. And Caitlyn definitely put the effort in to make sure every bit of it just harmonized so well, um, with each other. Um, from the casting and the performances to, uh, for Brina's end, um, the music adaptation and the style of it and just everything around it was just so sweet and fun and endearing and if you have not seen this movie or the English dub yet, I, I certainly recommend it. Um, I am still stuck in my weird dis- divisiveness with Ian Sinclair. But other than that, I think this is a stellar film and a stellar English dub. Um, your opinion on other people's opinions on some of these performances are probably going to vary different than mine. Um, but I think it's a fun watch and you should give it a try. I'm glad I finally got to watch it. I This, this was the perfect excuse to finally watch it, honestly. <laughs>
0: So yeah, I was aware of this film for the longest and uh while it did look pretty cute at first, I was didn't know what to think of it. So when I started uh, doing pre production for this, I didn't watch the film, I was like, Wow, this is this is definitely something because again, it kinda of feels like a lot of those like big dramatic beats and that kind of thing in like Makoto Shankai movies. But mm-hmm. well, if you just, like, copy and paste them together. You know, Makoto AI. Uh, God
1: damn it, why? <laughs> it why would right you there. do that? How dare you? It, How fucking dare you, Jamal?
0: It was right there, you knew it. It <laughs> uh, doesn't mean
1: you're... F- just because you're right doesn't mean you're correct.
0: It doesn't? Okay.
1: No. Anyway...
0: <laughs> anyway when i got through the film the first time i had a fun time enjoying it although my only real issue was like the pacing of it because it made it it made it feel like you know a lot shorter film there was going to be at first then you get to the third act twist to which wow this is very impressive like from a visual and from a visual and a technical standpoint, because well, for one thing, this is a movie by J.C. Staff, of all people.
1: Oh yes, yeah. oh good and old J.C. Though,
0: Staff. Even though it's one of my favorite studios, you know, not a lot of people have been receptive to certain J.C. Staff base Yeah, you know.
1: J.C. Staff well, can be I- hit or miss depending on your uh, your J.C. Staff anime mileage can vary.
0: As someone who enjoys the Real Tech franchise, I enjoy the studio very immensely. Much like, much like most of this animation, the story is kind of more to meets the eye. If you know what I mean? Everybody in the dub did a very spectacular job. I really like how uh, unique the casting is in certain points. I mean, got a few people from L.A. got a few people who are really just starting out in the voice acting scene. Uh, it, it, it's crazy to say, you know, like, even for Caitlyn Glass, you know, she manages to make the whole thing shine. And I really like her body work, and I really like this film. Is it, is it, is it a major deal? No, but it it's at least way better than, like, some of the offerings you're gonna see for, like, most uh, low-quality and. Low-quality anime movies nowadays. It, it really is something you need to see to believe. Let's just put it that way. I'm at a loss for words here. But I'm not at a loss for words for this. Uh, if you'd like to see the film for yourself, I don't think it's available on the Fundimation, Fundimation app. I'll have to double-check. It is available on Crunchyroll, which... i about to say, I God,
1: don't think you bare minimum you might see the Japanese on Funimation but I don't think the dub itself yeah. would be there
0: yeah, because merger yeah speaking of mergers, thank god they put both dub and sub on the same page because it was you know how annoying it was to find out that they had separated the two and I had to search just to get this dub <laughs> but yeah both of them are available on Crunchyroll. Uh, I don't have pricing structure on hand because right now I'm currently paying $8 a month because I was kicked out of grandfathered plan. It might be different for you, the viewer, depending on uh, if you go through Google Play or if you just go through Crunchyroll themselves. You can mo- also pick it up. Your mileage will vary. Your mileage will vary. You can also pick it up on uh, Blu ray and uh, Write Stuff, Best Buy, wherever you get your anime from. Maybe Uh, Walmart,
1: too. Who
0: knows? I will be generally surprised if it's at Walmart. (laughs) i just gonna say that.
1: Like, Walmart has the most random shit you could find out of nowhere on occasion. It has some of the popular offerings, sure. But then you find the random one just like, I didn't think it would be in a Walmart. (laughs) That kind of deal.
0: Yeah, speaking of random stuff and offerings... If you like to hear us and what we get up to with the Dub Talk Podcast, you can be found on YouTube, other on Dub Talk Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts. As for us and what we get up to, I can be found on Twitter, Jabstar529, and my assistant editor for the podcast. I can be found on YouTube at Jabstar1, just doing my thing. Plug yourself, Steph.
1: Hi. My name is Stephanie. Sometimes I'm known on the internet as Lilac. You can follow me on Twitter at Lilac Enemy Review with review being spelled R-E-V-U-E. I sometimes edit, but right now the Mac piece, Mac computer, my laptop, and as I explained to Jamal before we started recording, um, it doesn't like take, like the USB ports don't like taking uh, my USB drives no more. So I can't use my external hard drive. So until further notice, I'm not going to be able to take on big editing projects. Whoop-de-doo. Um, we also have, and I want to get back to doing this, uh, we also, Dub Talk has a Twitch channel as well, where we sometimes will stream video games and stuff. Um, and I have yeah. not streamed video games at a hot minute, because um, a lot of stuff had been going on. And... Um, also I, now our capture card has shit the bed, so we need to get a new capture card. So it's gonna uh, be a while longer before we come back to that. But um, I, I
0: feel I feel you because I want to stream too, but I need like the right equipment for that. But yeah, you know it it costs money, and you know if you like what we do here on this podcast, we have a co-feed to Patreon you can give to. Yee. To which, for at least a minimum of a dollar, you know you still support the podcast. A minimum of $5 will at least get your name read on air, right? such as, we like to thank Megan's mom and dad, Michelle Travis, and Victor Maper But for $10, and this is where the good stuff comes in, you have a chance to enter in our quarterly Patreon raffle, which is about to start very soon, by the time this recording comes out. Jeez. So, in our $10 today, we'd like to thank Anthony Brown, Connie Lester Cow, Julia W., Kibwa Soup, Marissa Lenti, and Otaku Anthony. Thank you for all that you... Thank you for supporting us for all that we do. If you, want, if you want to check out the Patreon yourself, links will be in the description. I think now it's time for us to get on out of here. So, uh, any last words before we sign off?
1: Are you happy now, Jamal? Are you
0: happy? Are you happy? Such me, are you happy? Such me, happy, <laughs> happy, happy, are you happy? Are, you happy? are, you happy? <laughs> are you happy? Such me. I am so gonna hear the hell out of that part. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now you have to keep that shit in bro now you have to keep that in
0: (laughs) no no i i i didn't say i'm gonna cut it out i said i'm gonna edit the hell out of that part you'll see
1: (laughs) oh no just don't just don't get hit by the copyright bots also also because i think this is the first time we've been on an episode where we can say this um thank you to theme song god (laughs) damn Oh, no, I forgot. Yes,
0: we we here at Dumb Talk have a theme song now. Because the Gabriel Puccinelli can be found at uh, Gabriel Puccinelli on Instagram, I think, and Twitter.
1: Yes, thank you so much. Because this is the first time I've ever gotten to be on episodes since we now officially have an actual theme song. So thank you very much. So you can go support them uh, on their socials as well.
0: Yeah, give them your love and support. And I think on that note's it's in. Uh,
1: Are you Martha's- happy now, Jamal?
0: <laughs> I'm very happy. My Martha's
1: work here is here. done. <laughs> Sorry.
0: My headphones cut out, so I'm going to hear that later.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> My work here is done. Goodbye. <laughs>
0: I'm the mood princess in this scenario, aren't I? I don't.
1: <laughs> I'm a mix. Anyway, I'm a mix of Shion and Tuxedo Mask, but you didn't do anything.
0: I mean, that's it's basically Princess Kaguya. It's all Sailor Moon, Princess Kaguya <laughs> yeah. to me at this point. Anyway, for <laughs> for dumb talk. Good night, Otaku on, and keep on singing.
1: Good night, everybody. <laughs>